It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday check-in. Uh, with me, I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, uh, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church Hastings, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Glad to be with you today on a Monday. It a uh, little light dusting of snow last night. Yeah. Made everything look beautiful and white this morning. Yeah, I like uh, it. I always like it when it snows. I've missed yeah. winter this year. I know that people are like, oh, the winter. But some of us love winter and we're sad when it's not here. I have missed the snow. I will acknowledge that. Uh, and particularly on the really cold days, to me, like that's a waste of cold weather. Like if you're going to be that cold, give us some snow to appreciate the beauty of the cold. I don't know what, you can't just appreciate the beauty of the cold on its own? There, the, I, to me, cold is not beautiful unless it's accompanied by snow. I, I There's a very good chance. That's a very soft way of saying you you absolutely do not like cold and the only way that you're willing to tolerate it is if there is snow that's not incorrect <laughs> I'll, I'll put this on record because this will be posted um and forever somebody will be able to find this there's a very good chance that uh 30 years from now uh i will be living in a warm weather climate like florida or texas a, a very good chance greg that 30 years from now we will all be living in warm weather climates well there's that <laughs> oh damn yeah no you're, you're not wrong regardless of our uh latitude or longitude whichever one that is wow yeah hmm. <laughs> point well Which is, also part of the reason why i'm i miss winter fair enough because i i suspect that we've actually killed it yeah but we're a resurrection people <laughs> yeah and so we can hope and pray that we continue to uh take care of our earth and steward the the natural beauty that god has given us in a way that uh sustains it for future generations right yeah, so I was happy to 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 shovel a little snow this morning. Yeah, I to be a little chilly. On did the you actually in. shovel? Yeah, yeah, just to ensure that it all melts and clears today. I know it's. I mean, it's supposed to be sunshiny and uh, up above freezing, but there's a, I get a lot of shade on the driveway, so just to yeah. make sure. Jessica also, um, before I knew it was out, pushing the snow around this morning. I felt a little bad sitting inside drinking warm coffee while she was outside shoveling snow. But um, I, I did open the door and said, do you need any help? And she said, no, I'm almost done. And so then I- Not bad enough to alter any of your behaviors. No, which is <laughs> relevant to what we're gonna be talking about today. Mm -hmm. So perhaps we should transition into that before I disclose yeah. further that I did not help my wife shovel the driveway. <laughs> This is the first uh, uh, official Monday check-in during the season of Lent, uh, and we've been uh, we've got this, uh, this devotional guide um, devotion uh, that we've titled "What Shall We Take Up?" Uh, Lenten focus on Christian character, 
And each of the weeks during Lent, we're inviting the congregation uh, at First Pres to reflect on a, a different character trait of Christians. Um, and the first one that we had talked about um, has to do with, we talked about as, we phrase it as belief, um, and it has to do with asserting a belief in God as opposed to a belief in ourselves. Um, and, and affirming a belief in God as the ultimate authority and not in ourselves as the ultimate authority. And asserting that belief frees us uh, to more fully follow God instead of our own selves. So uh, we've been encouraging people to fast this week as, as a way of practicing um, stepping out of our own uh, self-directed, overly self-directed, maybe we want to say, patterns and behaviors, uh, so that we, so that we're freed up to step more fully into patterns and behaviors, uh, that are godly, godlike, maybe, is that a good way of, of phrasing it? I think that was very well said, and I think it, um, Kylie preached on Sunday and did a really nice job tying in these themes to her sermon. So I would encourage you uh, to go back, if you missed Kylie's sermon, to go back and listen to it. And Damon and I were talking about that a bit this morning and, and agreed that it was perhaps the most succinct and clear definition of spiritual freedom that we've heard from uh, a pulpit. And, uh, and that includes when times that Damon and I have tried to articulate what we <laughs> think spiritual freedom is. Uh, Kylie did a better job than we do. And so go back and listen to that sermon if you get a chance. Uh, I may even clip out that section of the sermon and post it to the YouTube page because it was it was it was a good sermon and it was a phenomenal articulation of uh, what we're calling spiritual freedom, which, as Kylie talked about, is is not the freedom to do whatever you want, whatever you want, but instead is the is the freedom that we have to follow God. And so by following God, we 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 give up certain things uh, in order to, to more clearly follow God. And Kylie did a great job. And then we talked about fasting as a, as a discipline or a spiritual practice to achieve or, or to live into that spiritual freedom, which we are called to. Um, and so we had promised that we would talk a little bit about how, how we uh, related to and worked with the discipline for the week. And so uh, we could start by, by doing that, Damon, before we jump into our study of scripture and, and, and yeah. move on to the next, uh, next spiritual practice. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. The, um, the, way that I, the way that I remember Kylie phrasing it during the sermon was, um, we think of freedom as the ability to do whatever I want. And spiritual freedom is the ability to do whatever God wants me to do, right? Uh, and that, yeah, that I'm, I'm freed from my own, well, people get it. Why am I trying to explain what Kylie already explained more succinctly and better? So um, <clears throat> to that end, though, I've been uh, attempting to um, set aside uh, chocolate for, for the week. And here's what I've learned, uh, relearned perhaps from attempting this sort of a fast again, is that fasting is hard, right? Um, you know, afterwards we get so set in our patterns, right? Whether that pattern is eating chocolate or whether that pattern is uh, thinking uncharitably about someone or, you know, 
whatever it is, we get so those paths become so well worn for us that it's it becomes um, something almost even more than second nature to us, right? <clears throat> this is just I have dinner and I have dessert, and the dessert is chocolate. <laughs> There's no point really in offering any other sort of dessert. It doesn't compute in my brain. <clears throat> so, which is a long ways of saying that I have eaten chocolate this week. I have not purchased any chocolate, uh, which I quickly had to modify my <laughs> fast to. I'm not going to purchase um, any chocolate. So did you forego I, your chocolate-covered cinnamon roll this week? Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I You know, like I go to Dally's and get a chocolate chip cookie. By the way, oh, no, I don't know. I won't say that because I'll get in trouble for it. But, um, uh, you know, or like when I, when, I don't, when I walk downtown, I don't make a stop at Eileen's. And I, and I plan to, because part of a fast has two parts to it. Um, and so I, I plan to make like a donation to United Harvest in the amount that I would have typically spent on chocolate this week, right? Um, which is not a huge amount, um, but it's, <laughs> I bet it averages out to about a dollar a day. That I would, you know? Um, but, the, but that's to, it, for me, that's been one of the, one of the real learnings of it is that, or relearnings really, is that, man, it's, it, man, it is, is it ever easy to get bogged down into any way of being, right? Um, and, and chocolate is a tangible thing, but there's all these intangible things as well, like to get bogged down into arrogance or into pride or into um, whatever the case may be. So that's been one of my learnings um, from the last few days. So. Yeah, I, I appreciated the phrase you used, Damon, of well-worn paths, right? It's just second nature to walk down those paths. I, I think I was doing some um, some woodworking here uh, a couple weeks ago. And when you drill a hole and you realize it's off uh, and you need to drill a hole a little bit off to the side of that, <laughs> your, drill bit, your, your drill bit wants to find the old hole and and and... And you, you keep trying and it just slides back into that, that other one. And uh, I think that's a really, to me, that was an apt metaphor of those well-worn paths or that, that well-worn yeah. uh, hole that you're drilling or, or trying to put the screw, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, I didn't do something tangible. I, I did uh, sort of a fast from social media consumption. Um, and I guess if we're completely confessing, I, I wasn't perfect at it. But I did, uh, I, I did fast from as much social media as I normally consume, which is for me is mostly Facebook. Um, and, and as Damon said that with a fast, there should always be two parts. You give up something and you, you take up something. And so uh, what did I choose to do with, uh, with the time that I gave up that I was not on social media? And I, I put my nose in a book. Um, and read words on actual printed paper, um, which I don't do a lot of these days, if I'm going to be very, very honest. Um, and so, uh, 
yeah, I, I, I had ordered a book on uh, Christian leadership in uncertain times. Uh, it's called Canoeing the Mountains. I ordered a copy for Damon too. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's interesting because it yeah, takes in there for people. There you go. Uh, it, it takes the, the story of Lewis and Clark, uh, who had been commissioned by Thomas Jefferson, the president, to, to find uh, the Northwest Passage, to find a way to get from, from the Midwest of the United States over the Northwest. And they, they, thought, they thought it was going to be a water passage. They thought the Missouri River would eventually just dump out into the Pacific Ocean and discovered instead the Rocky Mountains uh, between them and their goal. And uh, so what had started out as what they thought was going to be a waterway journey uh, turned into something completely different. And so the, the book takes that concept and says, this is what the church is facing, uh, particularly in the second decade of the 21st century. And what are we going to do about that? So anyways, uh, I loved it. Uh, I, I loved actually reading a book uh, on physical paper with written words. And I um, really didn't miss being on social media at all as I started engaging with this book. Um, and, and so what was a Linton discipline uh, will hopefully turn into a more regular pattern of behavior and perhaps I will wear a new path. Uh, and I'm hopeful that that leads to that, so. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I like that image of, you know, trying to, Try to try to keep your drill bit out of that hole. Like, <laughs> um, and I and I appreciated, you know, Kylie talked about these are, and really all of these practices that were our ways of are strengthening our our spiritual muscles, right? So, in 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 that there's a, an implicit recognition of like you're not gonna you're not gonna lift the full set of weights, <laughs> you know on your first go that's not how that's not how it works you know like um like yeah i don't think that there's a expectation of perfection in it but uh we call them practices for a reason and you practice things that you aren't perfect at if you were perfect at it you probably wouldn't really need to practice it yes but, yeah um yeah so did you have more or should we switch over to Let's uh, let's let's shift gears and switch yep. over to our study of scripture for mm -hmm. this week. Um, as we normally do, what we're going to do is uh, read and reflect on the scripture that will be preached next Sunday. Um, and then what you're going to hear us uh, talk about when we meet next week is the the discipline or the spiritual practice um, of this week. And uh, we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, so uh, I'm starting um, this season of Lent. Uh, you know, we, we have this revised common lectionary, which every week offers us an Old Testament reading, a psalm, a gospel reading, and then uh, typically an epistle, a letter from most often the Apostle Paul. And uh, Lent comes around every year, and we end up reading the same scriptures year after year, uh, which are usually the gospel readings, which sort of count Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. Uh, and so I, sh I, I shifted it up, and, and I'm going to focus mostly on the Apostle Paul's writings during the season of Lent around this theme of, of Christian character and calling. Uh, and it ties right back into our, our Lenten discipline guide of what shall we take up this uh, Lenten focus on Christian character. So 
With that introduction, I'll let Damon read the passage from Philippians, and then we'll discuss it. So one of the passages for this coming Sunday is Philippians chapter 3, seven, starting at verse 17, going through chapter 4, verse 1, which maybe sounds like more verses than it is, <laughs> but at any rate, uh, it reads something like this. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. It is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humi humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. And that's how that little bit of scripture reads. Um, Greg, what do you got? Yeah. I am, um, I'm doing two funerals this week, uh, or memorial services. Uh, one is, is for Frank Georgiana, uh, a beloved member of this church. And then the other one, I'm actually uh, flying to Arizona and uh, co-presiding in a funeral of, of one of my mentors, uh, somebody who really invested in me, uh, discipled me, to use that word, um, as, as a youth. Uh, he was an elder in my church growing up. Uh, he was a professor at Northern Arizona University, and um, he poured into me, uh, saw gifts in me, and tried to nurture those gifts, uh, uh, gifts of ministry. Um, and so he meant a lot to me, and he was a mentor to me in many, many ways. Um, and so thinking about him, but also thinking about Frank Georgiana, who was here um, at the church, and uh, Frank lived his faith in a profound way as well and modeled that behavior for others. Um, a story that I'll share at Frank's funeral is that uh, it was rare that I went to the hospital to visit a church member and didn't bump into Frank there, uh, not as a patient, but he was there visiting people as well. Um, I, when church members ask me to, uh, I will go pray with them before they go into surgery. And there's a waiting area that families wait in uh, prior to surgery and while their, their loved one is in surgery. And so I'll offer a prayer with, uh, with the folks there. And inevitably, I would go there to meet a family to pray with them, and I would see Frank there. And he would e either be there to pray with that family or pray with somebody else in the community, perhaps that wasn't even a church member. Um, and when I would get a call that we had a church member in the hospital uh, as an inpatient, I would go up to the floor and visit them. And about half the time I did that, who would I run into on the floor of the hospital? Frank Georgiana. Uh, and he was there visiting somebody else and praying with them. Uh, and Frank joined our board of, this was all before Frank was on the board of deacons. And so uh, Frank joined our, our board of deacons and deacons do the compassion and caring ministries of the church. They do visitation and stay in touch with people. And um, when Frank was on the, the deacons, he continued this ministry and just modeled this for others. Uh, and for me, frankly, uh, Frank inspired my own faith uh, and, and modeled that behavior for me. 
And then here's one other story, and I, I don't want to totally give away everything I'm going to say on Wednesday, but um, Frank uh, also was just passionate and positive about our church and about his faith. And he would share with anyone who would listen to him. And so uh, Frank said, Greg, could you, could you give me a business card for the church that has the, the name of the church and our service time and a link to our Facebook page so that I can invite people to come worship with us on Facebook? <laughs> and I thought, what? Well, that makes sense that we would just have something like that, doesn't it? And, uh, and so I did, I ordered a box of business cards and Frank would carry a stack of those with him wherever he would go. And he would hand them out to people because he was so excited about our family of faith and about his faith that he would do that. So I share these two stories with you uh, because that's what's front of mind for me right now. Cause that's what's happening this week uh, with Frank's service on Wednesday and this other one on Friday. But when I read this passage from Philippians, it makes me think a lot about that. Um, when Paul writes, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. And these two people, Frank and Dr. Frederick, um, would have, I join in imitating them. Uh, and I sought to observe them as they lived according to the example that Christ had given them. They were people who lived out their faith in small and large ways and set an example and served as mentors or as examples for others. And I, it just really, really strikes me that that particular Philippians 317 really strikes me as I think about uh, these two, uh, two people who had such a profound influence on my own faith. Yeah, I think the word imitating is uh, is really important here, and I think that that is kind of the word that, um, along with some of the themes um, from the from the Luke passage for this Sunday, that but that word imitating, I think, is kind of the word that we're pulling out and playing around with when we when we talk about the theme for this week uh, or the the tr the character trait this week uh, of discipline. Yeah, and I think. Um, you know, there's an expression that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but uh, I think about the way that children learn to do things, um, and they learn to do things by imitating what they see, right, um, or what by what they observe, or by what they hear, or, you know, whatever the case may be, like, like they learn to read by, like, to sit down and read with them and, and imitating these and they learn to speak by imitating the sounds that they are hearing. They learn to have relationships by imitating what they see modeled for them and, um, and that sort of thing. And it, and to sort of really learn a skill, like to really learn a way of being, um, it takes discipline to maintain that imitation if, <laughs> until it until it becomes your own way of being um, if that makes sense that makes a lot of sense and to me there's this there's a two-way street it's looking forward at who and what are you imitating but it's also looking back at who is imitating you and what are you modeling for others you know um, to watch to watch you. And I think both of those are important when we think about discipline, because we're, we're called to live these lives of Christian discipline, where we're 
doing the imitating ultimately of Christ, but uh, of other people who live in Christ-like ways and ways that we aspire to. Um, and then also recognizing that there's folks watching us. We've got eyes on us. Uh, and I think your example of children is, is there's no more clear example of that. And uh, when I see both positive and negative uh, behavior in Esther, uh, if I stop for a second, I realize that she learned it by watching Jessica or me or her grandparents. And, and then of course, as they get older, there's, there's around, they're around peer groups and that sort of thing. But also <laughs> Esther's certainly influenced by people at this church. Um, and Esther's of an age now at age 12, where the kids who are younger than her are watching her and imitating her. They're looking up to her. And I've talked with her about that too. And so I, I think that the, you know, tying this, this notion of imitation and observing others according to the example of Christ are, is good and, and tying that into this, this as a discipline for us. Um, yeah, and there's, there's kind of like two definitions of the word discipline and we're kind of using both of them, right? There's the, there's, I think the way that we commonly think of discipline as like a, a strict, like structured sort of like, focus we're going to do this and then this and then this and then this and like we're going to stick to that and not do anything else <laughs> right uh that sort of sense of of just like it takes discipline to stay on this path of righteousness or, or whatever the case right and we were talking before we started recording about this other definition of discipline like we call them subjects in school now um but i think i think it was more common to call them disciplines one at a time and that discipline is related to the word learning right um to learn something so you learn a particular discipline right uh you you learn the discipline of arithmetic or the discipline of chemistry or the discipline of biology or the discipline of carpentry or or whatever the case may be. And we're kind of like, it takes discipline to learn a discipline is, is what I want to say. Yeah. Well, and, and, and too, right before we uh, started recording, uh, I did a quick Google search of the etymology, the history of, of the word discipline and the history of the word disciple. And, and they come from the same root word, which is about learning, right? It's about subjecting yourself to, to learning from others, but, but to, to learning. And, and you're right, Damon, we're, we're playing with sort of two definitions of discipline, uh, both of which are relevant to what we're talking about in the Christian faith. Um, I, I, I use the phrase when I was talking about Dr. Frederick that he discipled me. He, he I don't want to say he disciplined me, I say he discipled me, but in, in some sense, in a positive sense, he disciplined me. He taught me the disciplines, but mostly through modeling them himself through his own gentleness and his, his own humility and his own wisdom, he just did it. Um, one of the things that Dr. Frederick did was teach me how to play racquetball. So here I was, uh, and we started this when I was 14 years old, and I was somewhat athletic and very lanky. And uh, Dr. Frederick, at that point, was a retired college professor in his late 60s. And uh, he destroyed me in racquetball <laughs> but he did it with grace and humility and I really firmly believe looking back at that he was trying to teach me humility too he's like sure you're a young athletic thing and, and I am an old retired <laughs> professor and 
don't get cocky kid because um there's more to life than athletic prowess or uh endurance there's also wisdom and strength and so he would have me he would hit shots and i would be crossing back and forth and back and forth across the court because he was making me run and tiring <laughs> me out and then he'd just throw a kill shot in the corner and th that i couldn't possibly get to and i'd be breathing hard and he'd be like point dr frederick <laughs> <laughs> having, fun. having a good day on the court yeah so um so i mean even even that that uh that example of of discipline uh of of the of sport right uh but in that sense too he was he was mentoring me and teaching me through sport he also um we there's a class where you read through the bible in a year called the disciples class and uh, I expressed some interest in doing this when I was in high school. And there was only one other high school student in my church who had any interest in doing this. And so uh, once a week for a year, Dr. Frederick met with us down at the church after school. And we read through this entire, uh, read through the Bible using this disciple curriculum. Um, and it's, it was called Disciple. Uh, that was the, the name of the curriculum to read through the Bible. And uh, he took time out of his day to to disciple and, and to teach these two high school students that expressed an interest in reading the Bible. Um, and again, it was as much the knowledge and wisdom as it was him just living this example of humility and caring for people and, and, and being there for folks. And I'm, when I got, when I left for college, um, I had, I had him on speed dial because I started encountering things in different academic disciplines that I hadn't encountered before, in particular, in some of my classes in religion. And who did I call to ask those questions about? I called this old elder at my church, Dr. Frederick. And, hey, I've encountered this scripture that I've never encountered before. I've heard it read in a way that I've never heard it read before. Talk to me about this. And, and he did. He made time to do that. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's the, yeah, there's this discipline imitating thing. Um yeah, going on in this passage, it's really important um, to the faith and, and to passing on the faith to one another as well. Just, uh, if we were going to like do like a real deep uh, scriptural study, there's interesting body things going on in, in this passage that uh, maybe we're not really going to dive into here at this uh, these uh, one, these five words keep catching my eye. Their God is the belly. I think that's hmm, that's interesting. Um, what is that about? I mean, I got some guesses. I think it might have to do with uh, sacrificed meat and some sort of stuff. But whatever. That's beside the point. But um, and a lot of this has to do with anticipated the resurrection, like things um but maybe not quite resurrection uh, anticipating a changing of the of the body that doesn't necessarily require death but um <laughs> if well, we we're you know, really going to dive into those then we would but uh. and that harkens to the transfiguration story the, the other there's two other verses in this that i really like but i don't think i'll be expounding on too much one is uh, verse chapter 3 verse 20 but our citizenship is in heaven and it's from there that we are expecting a savior the lord jesus christ and that reminder which i think is important to all of us anytime anywhere uh that first and foremost we are citizens of the kingdom of god 
and that our ultimate loyalty is to that kingdom and to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not going to find salvation in politics. We're not going to find salvation in worldly leaders that, that our salvation rests there. Um, and that reminder of where our citizenship ultimately lies, I think, is, is always a helpful thing. And then the, the last verse, and I will probably reflect on this a little bit, just uh, chapter four, verse one. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. And just the affection that Paul has for the people that he's writing to. And that, that same kind of affection is, I think, what I'm talking about with these people who have mentored me and poured into me. Um, that they, they would write a line like that and they would need every word of it. Um, and if I went back and found letters from Dr. Frederick, he probably signed off letters similar to that. Maybe not those exact words, but that's also something that I know Frank Georgiana would say. And therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I long for and love. Frank, um, Frank was one of those people who really wanted to normalize the phrase, I love you. And so whenever Frank would end a phone call, uh, or even at the end of a meeting, uh, and at the end of Deacon's meetings, even, he would say, I love you all. Uh, and he would, he would slip that in there uh, to try to normalize that phrase and uh, let people know that they are, in fact, loved and beloved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this, the scriptural practice that we are recommending to folks starting on Wednesday, because uh, weeks in Lent are weird, um, starting on Wednesday and going through to the next Tuesday, uh, helps us to sort of, to, you know, strengthen our, our spiritual muscles, as Kylie would say, by engaging in daily scripture reading. So in the devotional guide, there are suggested readings for each day. These actually come, um, these tie into the, uh, to the revised common lectionary. And they are recommended by the consultation on common texts, uh, which is the group that uh, put the lectionary together. And, um, and they also recommend daily scripture readings for folks. And they, the like Wednesday through Saturday readings are sort of like uh, prep, like prep for Sunday. And then the uh, Monday, Tuesday readings are kind of reflection on on the passages for for the Sunday reading. So, uh, so folks can uh, continue to fast for the next couple of days or for the remainder of Lent as well, and yeah, and then pick up some daily scripture readings. Also, in in the week ahead. So, should we switch gears? Let's do it. Uh, what's going on in the life of our church and uh, this week is roughly kind of sort of uh, spring break <laughs> uh, Hastings Public Schools doesn't do a real serious spring break but uh, so we do not have any Wednesday night activities uh, this week and also Sunday school on Sunday the 13th uh, is not happening for any ages uh, Adam Central has a full week spring yes Adam Central has a full week Hastings Public has Thursday and Friday off so we're calling it spring break um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I believe that our chancel choir and our bell choir will still rehearse on Wednesday night, but there won't be other, any, any youth or children oriented Wednesday night activities this week. So don't, uh, don't drop your kids off on Wednesday. Uh, 
there may not be anyone here and the weather's not looking all that good on Wednesday anyway. <laughs> if you do, expect a real quick phone call from someone. Yes, indeed. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, so as you mentioned, there's no uh, Sunday school this coming Sunday. Uh, there's also no forum this coming Sunday. Excuse me, this past Sunday, Dan Daffenbaugh did start his, excuse me again, his uh, Lenten series, taking a look at a book by Amy Jill Levine, or Levine, I'm not entirely sure which way it's pronounced, um, titled uh, Entering the Passion. I think that's the full title. And so that session was recorded. And it will, I'll get that posted to YouTube probably yet today. So folks can, can take a look at that. And it's never too late to join in this series. So if folks want to join in, not this coming Sunday, but the Sunday after at 9.15, uh, that is both in person and via Zoom. So uh, folks can, can, can join into that. So it'll, you know, taking a look at the Passion Week narratives and, um, and the kind of the the continuing theme about is risk um, involved, and and our what what sort of risks are we are we maybe willing to take, or are we called to take as people of faith? What sort of risks uh, was were Jesus and the disciples taking um, during these narratives as well? Um, so, um, so folks can find should be able to find this past session. Uh, relatively soon. Uh, maybe it's already up by the time this has gotten posted. Who knows? <laughs> and, uh, and and from there we'll go. So, Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the details we probably need to share for this week. Kind of seems like it, doesn't it? It does. So eventually we'll start talking about Holy Week, but that's not for a little while yet. Yeah, we still have a few more weeks before we get there. So let's... Uh, Rain it in there. Time. We got time. Uh, did we do an opening prayer? Um, I think we skipped our opening prayer by mm. accident. Well, we should certainly do a closing prayer. I, I would agree. Should we uh should we close with the prayer for why well, I think I closed with the prayer for our devotional guide from Wednesday, March 2nd, last time. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna can, let's close with a prayer for Sunday, March 6th from the devotional guide. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You want to do it? You want me to do it? Oh, well, <laughs> you can do it. All right, let's yep. uh, let's let's pray. I thank you, oh God, for the spiritual freedom which you offer. Thank you for giving me the grace that I need to step away from my own self-filling desires and step towards your self-emptying ambitions. Grant, O oh God, that during this season of Lent, I may learn to follow you more closely, love my neighbor more completely, and forgive as freely as I have been forgiven. Amen. Amen. Uh, with all those things said and done, until next time, everyone. Toodaloo.